Michael Gevin here with Jumpstart Sessions. So I'm super excited to bring you these one-on-one -on -one, uh, coaching sessions. These are kind of behind the scenes and coaching videographers and filmmakers. And if you'd like to kind of cherry pick what you'd like to even listen to on each episode, you can go to jumpstartsessions.net. And on there, you'll be able to find the show notes for each and every single episode. There's also an assessment that I have each person take that I coach. You'll be able to see their results on the show notes page for each episode. You'll also be able to take the assessment yourself so you can kind of compare results. If you yourself would like to be coached on a Jumpstart session, you'll also just go to jumpstartsessions.net and it'll say, get coached on the podcast. You fill out a questionnaire and as of right now, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. And so ultimately, that's all I've got for now. I'm super excited for you to listen to this episode. So let's rock and roll. And, uh, welcome to Jumpstart Sessions. Good to be here. Good to be here. All right. Well, man, tell me a little bit about your journey and your story. Let's get everybody up to speed on Mr. Colin here. So, well, first off, my name's Colin Leibold. Um, I'm a freelance videographer and photographer. Um, relatively new to the world of that title, okay. um, but it feels good. <laughs> good, good, good. So the, the kind of long game story, um, grew up in Minnesota. Um, always was really into sports and, and nature. And, um, my mom always had a camera around me. Um, and, um, when I was like five or six years old, um, I think I was for a few years, a child model. So like <laughs> actually had some <laughs> photography, um, commercial photography, um, experience like really early in life. And okay. that came and went and was kind of like, you know, this memory, right. Um, for years and years, um, fast forward, you know, into high school, super interested in, um, in art and loved, you know, favorite classes were either science or, um, art. So photography, drawing, painting, um, film really excelled in all those spaces. Um, okay. and so came time for college thought, um, well, a lot of people in my family are doctors and nurses and in the medical yeah. traditional kind of walk through life and um, tapping into kind of that storyline. I thought, well, that that's got to be where I got to go to. So um, focus my studies mostly on science and biology and more the kind of nature, outdoorsy macro things that I love. Okay. Cool. Um, got out of college. Um, didn't want to do any of that <laughs> and got into uh, fell in, I guess, fell into uh, event marketing and uh, promotional marketing. So that meant okay. travel and living out of my backpack. Okay. See the country, you know, more so than. Were you employed people. somewhere or were you doing this kind of? It was freelance in the way. So it was a lot of contract positions. Okay. Um, so most of my 20s, I was living out of a, you know, a suitcase for three months at a time and then yeah. landing somewhere, whether that was my parents' house or a friend's, you know, uh, couch for a while. Yeah. And just kind of figuring it out, but like yeah. no plan, just <laughs> living life. Yeah. Um, that got kind of old at one point in time. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up uh, leaving and I was in Colorado at the time. I went to school there, ended up taking the leap and uh, moving to San Diego um, about nine years ago. 
that where you are now? And that's where I'm at now okay. um, in Encinitas, California. Huh? Beautiful okay. place. Yeah. Uh, um, that's why, because that's why, because uh, <laughs> I've been messaging you back and forth. That's where uh, Brandon Hawk was at the time that you did something with him, I think, right? Yes. Yes. He was actually, uh, funny story, but yeah, he was, he was filming in a, or doing an event up in uh, LA. Okay. Um, and a friend, a colleague of mine that lives in the area um, was hired to do video work for him. And, and he kind of brought me along to do BTS or kind of like photography of the the event. Oh, okay. A lot of event photography. Um, So yeah, long story short, I found three, four years ago that I tried all these different things. I tried to go back to school for Mm -hmm. becoming a nurse and something like that. And I finally was like, that's not me. Like, why do I keep trying to do this thing? That's not me. Yeah. Um, And there was a time I was registering a business to be a health coach, which was kind of like, my way to help people, but not be a doctor yep. in my head. Yep. And there was more than one line, you know, more lines for DBAs. And so I'd been doing some media stuff with uh, my ex-girlfriend at the time, um, some video and photo for her business. And uh, I was like, well, maybe there's something to this. So I wrote libeled media under, you know, under the other coaching business. And that was the moment that now I see is the moment that I gave myself permission to make money as a creative person awesome. um and really use my you know my gifts so to sure. speak sure. innate gifts and the world is like continuing to open up all the time you know and go in that direction and how so, old are you right now 37 37, 37 okay. yeah okay. yeah so i started you know i think the business was 34 35 is when i registered the business so okay. still pretty new but you know i'm starting to travel and getting paid you know rates that i'm happy with and yeah. And it's, you know, it's not every day, but it's, it's more and more days. <laughs> well, hey, I mean, I, you know, depending on who you are and what you're charging, what kind of life uh, you want to live and what kind of money you need to make, you don't have to be uh, necessarily, of course, working seven days a week. I mean, I, at the pinnacle of my career, I don't get into all of the situation now, but I actually worked the least that I had ever worked and generated the most money I had ever generated um and about the 2012 because i was in my sweet spot i mean i had somebody hired at that time there was different things in place but it's interesting i mean when i was you know kind of uh, just starting out i mean it was seven days a week all day every day you know mm-hmm. and, and that kind of manic crazy action take on anything you know me and two buddies going shooting for eight hours getting 250 bucks you know splitting that three ways and having a blast though right like these right, right. having a blast like I, I right. literally look back at some of those days where you know working more or less I mean granted of course it wasn't 24 7 365 but it felt like that and it was most every day doing something and you know first couple of years I did sixty thousand did forty thousand dollars and depending on some people out that's still great but it was at the sacrifice of like everything besides in the moment having fun with a couple buddies and then one buddy passed away and it was it's just interesting you know and we can we can get so in the we need to be doing something all the time and if we're not we get uneasy with that you know i see so many people where every year late november december you know slows down every year they've been in business more than six months and more than that one year and there's now a trend and it picks back up in january every year 
but every year they're in like stress mode and it's like you could almost go okay well can we just plan for that then and can you have peace for those like month and a half enjoy yourself around the holidays and then no yeah. boom i'm gonna pick it right back up but we get so scared if there's that that lull because sometimes we have so much but then we get so comfortable because like, oh, wow, I just brought in $25,000, but then you don't bring any money in for four months. And all of a sudden you spend more than you should in that little interim. And now you're out of money. When in fact, if budgeted properly, and you're speaking from a person who pretty much, you know, the first 12 years of my career had zero ability to keep any money and budget anything and manage anything well. So I, I know living in that world, but like if we can, which I've gotten a lot better at, it doesn't have to be this extreme ebb and flow all the time. That's, that's insane. But um, a couple of things. Um, one, it's interesting because nothing drives me more crazy than hearing the story of now, did your parents, did they push you into that? Or did you just think, I don't know what else to do. So yours, yours wasn't pushed into, but you just didn't know what else to do. Necessarily. Yeah. I think I was just a lost child. <laughs> okay. So that's um, good. Yeah. <laughs> well, good and Maybe, bad. Right. But yeah. And I, I mean, I think there was um, a bit of like, you can do whatever you want, but I didn't really know what I wanted. And so okay. um, was I there made any of that. You couldn't make money as an artist I, or a creative though. Well, I think there's, I mean, when I look at that now, I think there, there definitely is that in the sense that I made those choices based upon like what you had seen, in front what of I'd you. seen. And it wasn't anybody saying, Hey, you can't do that. It was okay. just, I didn't have a, uh, you know, a, um, model or anything yeah a model to show me that like this is possible yeah and when i finally tapped into that it was like oh shit like it's unlimited yeah. so that's kind of where my headspace is at what now. have you taken from your, i did a call with a guy the other day because i think that these different paths we go on there's always stuff that we can take away i'm sure there's stuff in those in the teachings and the learnings and the schooling and all those other things you did unrelated to this that you're able to still bring in and have a competitive advantage over your average maybe creative is there any of those things you could think of that you can look back? You're like, wow, that was a really, like one guy had this sales manager job in a high-end uh, Macy's or something. And, you know, it wasn't creative. It wasn't doing what he really wanted, but all the sure. training he got in leadership and these things, he was able to apply and it gave him a competitive advantage in sure. his business that others wouldn't have. Sure. Um, I mean, I would say for sure the, the work I did in events, you know, so I worked promotional marketing events and it was like we would have a big trailer we'd show up to a fair or a concert or whatever this thing is where thousands of people show up yeah. and we'd set something up and so you kind of get used to this like production days are long <laughs> they start when they start and they end when they end but it's sometimes it's not what you know it's not a nine-to-five so I'm, I'm used to that working environment yeah I'm um, all about that environment so, yeah Eight, so I hour days I'm, I'm all about that and I get it. And I know that, you know, at the end of it, I'm going to be tired and I need some time to like do my own thing, but like yeah. I can go multiple days, you know, 12 hour, whatever that might be to get the job done. Yeah. So I think in that sense, it's, it's positioned me well for some of the, the work that I do in events, um, whether that's photo or video, um, and just understanding run of show and, you know, being flexible, but also being in the right place at the time right, as it's going to yeah. come and not just yeah. kind of like, Oh, it's beautiful. It's like, no, okay, this is going to happen then. And Intuitively, this is no, then. Yeah. 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 And that just comes with time and experience. So that's definitely led me to be a better shooter um, in scenarios where things are moving, you know, at a pace that might be, you know, and then you're like, okay, I'm waiting for the shot. 
and it's not happening, but maybe I can get like 10 other shots while I'm sitting here. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that would be one um, thing that comes to mind is just that those jobs themselves, which have, they're basically contracts of allowed me to be a freelancer and understand like I can make a lot of money at one time and then there's going to be downtime. So how is some of what you were doing in that event promotion? You weren't doing any video though, right? No. I mean, I was, we were doing photographs for the marketing team that were like, you know, they put them in their reports. So they were nothing uh, great. You know, it was like snapshots and like, Hey, here's a, somebody filled out a form and um, but no video. Yeah. Okay. Video, video came very just, I don't know. I, I never had really much experience with video beyond a, a high school course. Is video, yeah. is video the passion now though, or? I love both. Okay. But it's interesting though, because I make money. I would say I make more of my money through video work as, okay. as a camera operator. So I'm, okay. I'm kind of figuring out by doing like, what is, what's my skill set and yeah. you know, what, what is my most marketable skill set in, yeah. in this world? Um, I love being in front of the camera. I'm not as fond of being in front of the computer. Um, so the editing side is, is we definitely my weakness when it comes to time management and execution and yeah, well the assessment, I mean, I have everybody take that you just did. I mean, you're, you're, you're a lot like me and you know, uh, in the big picture we can, we're capable, we can edit. And at times we can tell these stories, but it sounds like just in that little bit you said, you know, just because you can doesn't mean you should. So a mm. lot of the, the, the Achilles heel of a lot of creatives is they're capable of a whole slew of things. They got cameras that take photos. They got cameras that do video. They've got the editing computers. They can do Photoshop. They got editing software for video. Like you can do it all. So people start to, it t sometimes when you don't know what you are, nobody knows what you are. So they know you do something creative. So they'll ask you to do a website, a logo, a video, photo, everything. And at times we're like, man, somebody's going to give me 500 bucks to like do something that I can do. Why would I say no? And I think that there's a time and a place early in people's careers where, yeah, figuring things out, you try a little bit of everything. I don't think just like you didn't have any clue that there was this model. And by not having that model, you didn't even, I mean, I would have never been where I am today had my dad not been interested in filmmaking movies from a young age in his life. And then I helped and I ran the camera on these things and then acted in some of these movies we made in high school. And the, he works at a cemetery and the funeral home that he worked with knew we made these movies and slideshows were coming up. And so they said, you know, do you think you guys could make slideshows? I was like, I guess I could try to do that, you know, and I did it. And so that was my first, and I got a taste of, I guess, money in the creative space in high school did some stuff in my school play. I was always kind of entrepreneurial. I had like a candy machine business. I thought I was going to go to school to be a personal trainer at Valley Total Fitness and all these things, like and all this random stuff that I tried. But because I made um, some, some money in video, when I got done with school, I didn't know about, I didn't really want to go to college because I didn't really like school. And so my only thing was, well, why don't I keep trying this? I made 4,000, I made 8,000. I'm like, probably can make 16 grand this next year. Maybe we could double again. But yet I went all in and we ended up doing $60,000 that first year. But I was still a 19 year old kid living in his parents' basement, like no pressure for needing to make money, just going at it, no attachments to anything. And then I went backwards the next year. And then finally I got a mentor, got my head straight on a few things with how to think about pricing 
And that next year we did over $100,000. And I hadn't gone back since then. But it's just interesting when you don't have any examples, you don't know any better. And so, um, but you've got to try things. And so, but then there comes a place where you're wasting time, energy, losing money by being the editor, by doing the editing. And, um, and the more, you, if you love doing video, I mean, I'm assuming it's the same whether you're doing photo or video. You don't really necessarily love sitting in front of the computer for hours on end editing in the big picture of things. Like if you knew that the editing could look as great as you want it to look without you doing it, there was no issue with getting it done by someone else, would that make you happy if you were able to stay out and keep connecting and shooting and doing all that? Uh, yeah, simply, yeah, for sure. I still love tinkering. I, love, I mean, I think I even prefer photo editing um, I did too back then. over video editing <laughs> for sure. <laughs> um, but I love image. I love color and vibrancy. Um, and so when I'm shooting photo, I'm shooting raw photos. I'm, I'm doing that color work in post. I'm not mm -hmm. mostly putting the camera when I'm shooting video, you know, usually I'm, I'm not shooting raw or anything like that yet. So most of the color is already baked in. And so I'm kind mm -hmm. of trying to do most of that work in camera. So, you know, good lighting and timing and all that. Um, you know, obviously following the technical sure. um, rules that, that, you know, Parker's course has been very useful in me in yeah, he's a jumping, you know, my level of um, just my abilities level in a very quick time. Um, For sure. I mean, the cool, technical, so. I, I don't believe honestly right now, there's anybody better at teaching the, the technical in regards to color grading, shooting, editing, yeah. camera work, all that. As a, as a total package. I mean, it was, huge huge for me so um and there's a, obviously i've spent way too many freaking hours on youtube and watching things late at night yeah some of which you're like this is what am i am i learning anything here <laughs> um but it's interesting because i've i've and now my my focus is more on the business side of things and trying to become yeah. a better communicator and you know understanding my flaws and weaknesses and you know where do i put my efforts do i double down on this thing that i know i love and i'm good at you know, how much effort and time do I put into things that I'm okay at? And, you know, which are the things that I'm like, hell no, <laughs> someone else can get paid to do that and creating a network of people around me that I'm like, maybe that's not me, but I know this guy does that. Or, mm -hmm. you know, he's a year behind me. He's a little bit cheaper still, or, yeah. you know, I'm not good enough for that big thing yet. So I'm going to pass it to my guy. He's been doing it for 15 years. Um, there's, there's, there's for sure a power in that. I mean, I've been more and more and more every day again, just today. I, you're, you're, you're catching me on this, like still alive and full-time filmmaker, which will turn on a podcast. And I'm like so fired up because there, there is that, I saw somebody posting about wanting to buy this $20,000 red camera. And it's like normally 33 or 38,000 or something. And <laughs> the reality is, is I just, I have so many scenarios of people who've bought those cameras, who've had to sell them because they can't pay their bills. And they believe that the external, that it's the, it's the camera, it's the external things that are going to allow you to get the jobs and get paid more money and these different things. But, you know, lately I've taught, you probably heard me talk about the subway thing, but I recently have added in this kind of master chef restaurant type of thing mm. where you know, the higher and higher in the restaurant, the less choice you actually have. You go into the most prestigious restaurants, you almost have no choice. You sit down and the cook, the master chef makes whatever they want to make and you like it or you don't like it, right? There's no, now that's the extreme. That's saying, okay, that means with your clients, it's like take it or leave it my way or the highway. I'm not saying that. 
but sure. recognizing that the more options you give, the more it's like you're taking orders. Hey, what do you want? How many, how many cameras do you think you need, client? How many hours do you want? How many this? And you're asking them all the questions to basically then go, okay, well, they said they need 10 hours, two days, two people, one camera, you know, da, 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 da. Mm. And they give you a proposal based on that. That's a race to the bottom because if a person emails five people, they all email them, hey, these are the details, you know, are you available, how much is it? And everybody just replies with their variation of, yeah, we can do that, great, we're available, here's how much it is. Like, who are you going to choose? You're going to choose the cheapest person there is available because to you, the client, there's no discernible difference in the people. They're all going to do what you want on some variation. Some are saying they're better than somebody else or whatever. But at the end of the day, to you, it's all the same. And, and I've seen multiple scenarios in my life once I got really confident, really clear, really certain about what we did and didn't do. You know, there was definitely ones we, like, there's one I'm thinking of right now with a Panera Bread where we lost the job initially because what we said we did, what we priced it at, wasn't the right fit. And so they said, okay, well, we're not going to, we don't want to do what you're saying that you do do well. But then a year later, they came back and we did the thing we did best. And then there's been other ones where instantly in the moment they're saying, well, this is what we really want, da, 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 da. And I'm like, if that's really what you want, then we're not the right fit. But here's, and then I went through the process for me and was very confident and certain in why we're excellent at what I'm describing. But if you do need or think you need or want what you are saying, we're not the right fit. But what I find is a lot, it's kind of like your thing. They don't know any better and they don't know. So they come in with their little ideas of what they think should should happen but when somebody comes in who's certain and confident that i've done this kind of work for the last five years this way da 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 for these people and this is the experience and this is what's happened they go okay well wow didn't think about it that way and then they start to question their other way and would you want to work with the expert or the pro the person who knows what they're doing or all the people who are just kind of bending over backwards and you know taking it and and, and i think that that's where that master chef, you go into that restaurant and you eat what they make that night, but you go to the, you know, drive through somewhere. You don't go, Hey, this is charge me whatever. And give me whatever you guys think today. Like nobody does that, but we're doing that all day. Every day as creatives. We just let people run all over us. Tell us what, and that's where you see sometimes people are like, Oh man, I, I some of these projects I get are awesome. And then these other ones I get, eh. and, and sometimes there's more eh, than there is awesome. Sure. And that's because sometimes the awesome happens accidentally and they want to do that. But then there's more times where you just take whatever. So where do you think, is that what you're kind of talking about there a little bit? That, that kind of like right now, sometimes you're getting some really awesome stuff and other times they're just, you're, you're taking on things just because you're capable, but you're not really that excited about it. Or you're not that good at it. Yeah. I mean, I think I'm still like, I still like to think I'm, I'm kind of like sharpening all my Swiss army knife sure, extensions at the yeah, moment. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Yeah. So you I'm all over the place. Point, yeah. Like people are like, what do you do? And I'm like, uh, I do a lot of things, but you know, there is, there are some running themes that, that keep coming up from events. Definitely. You know, I, I would put that on the top of the list of like okay. things that I'm good at and I do regularly. And there seems to be, do you enjoy you know, it too? I do enjoy it. Yeah. I very much enjoy it. It allows me opportunities to meet, tons of new people, you know, at one time, oh, for sure. um, you know, sometimes it includes travel, which I love to do. Um, it's, so that's, that's kind of a, an ongoing theme. And, and sometimes it's photos, sometimes it's video, sometimes it's paid really well. Sometimes, you know, there's a new opportunity that I'm creating right now just through 
showing up with a camera to an event and gifting photographs of that event. You know, now I'm getting, Hey, come back and work for us. We'll, you know, yeah. pay or trade you. Um, you know, and it's kind of this, the free to fee thing is. Let me, is, let me pull a nugget yes. while I'm thinking of it because one, if there's anything I did wrong with that through the years that I would shift is that when I showed high massive interest in going to something and they knew that, then there was that whole trade situation yes, going on. Yes, now I've yes. done tons of that through the years and it has, I mean, I don't know how much you've heard of things I say, but I, I can go over some of it, but like it has completely transformed my life. All the different free projects, our first Tony Robbins, sure. free, the Tim Ferriss, sure. all those things that over time led. Here's where I went wrong with it. When I look back, mm. I should have never done trade for trade at that particular event. Meaning they're assuming that, Oh, you're getting to come to the event that you will work at. Right. It's right, our right. excellent video. And simultaneously, you're going to garner all this information and all these things. That yeah, is where yeah. I went wrong. I would say yeah. the shift is, if this is something that happens multiple times, I'm going to come and I'm going to operate as an operator and make mm. you an excellent video or photography and do my thing. Then I'm going to attend one of these in the future mm. and not do any work. Right. And I can say as a collective whole, in the big picture, I've almost never done that in the big, big picture. It was always a simultaneous situation of like, I'm supposed to be here taking in information while I'm also, and I'm a very tunnel vision type of person. So there's not much, you know, I, I do, I've for sure gleaned things. I've for sure made great relationships, but it's a completely different experience. Like all the weddings I've done, I've probably done over 300. I've attended less than probably five to 10. And there's a completely, and I've had more of them have been recent than ever right. in my life, but it's like, there's a big difference between just sitting in the pew and doing my thing then there is running around and, and keeping track of audio and color and this and recording and cameras and, sure. and all that. Same thing at these events. If you're trying to learn something. There's a big difference if you never actually get to sit and do the exercises, interact sure. with somebody, have the, you know, none of that's happening for you. You're just like at moments trying to listen. Yeah. So that would be one thing that I would say if anybody's ever going to do a trade, attempt to do it that way where yeah. you're going to be like, I'll come to another one where I'm a complete attendee. Because yeah. I'm not going to be able to get the full, and you're not going to get the best thing I can create by me being half in and half out. And they're going to expect you to still create excellence when you're there, right? not right, some right. half version of what you would do. <laughs> so, you know, I think when people, if you have the confidence to bring that up, people will respect it. I truly believe that. I just never even thought of it, honestly, no, I, in my life. I, to I completely agree with that. And, and it's interesting you say that because I've had that offer recently to come and, you know, film and shoot some photos in an event. You know, I can't pay you, can't pay for you to be here. I can't fly you, but you, you can participate in the event. And I'm thinking like, if I got a camera in my hand, there's no freaking way I'm going to be doing anything but yeah. filming. And like, that's my geekery. That's my high. I like, yeah, sure. you know, so if my camera's around, I'm not going to be able to not, you know, interact with it. Um, and, and the trades that I've been doing have been for, not for events, um, specifically, but events for, for products and businesses that I believe in. Okay, yeah. um, and so instead of like, Hey, we can give you $200 or we can give you $500 in credit for this product that you're interested in, um, that I would spend money on anyways. Um, you know, food, like an example of farm that I work with, um, similar concept. So trading, you know, credit for coming to their event and shooting for a couple hours and, yeah. Um, for me, it's a fair trade in the moment because um, some of them are kind of long play. So one sure. of them that I'm working with re recently is um, building relationships locally with the 
kind of local business, yeah. but they're part of a bigger business that I want to do work with in the future. So, yeah. Yeah. And there's nothing, I mean, everything's kind of case by case. I mean, people always talk about the free work or free to fee and all these things. And when do I stop doing free work? You know, what's right. good, what's bad. Right, right, right. And bad most of the time is the ones where people are asking you. I really yes. believe that most yes. of the time there are givers in there where they gen- like, I'm a person, I'm not going to lie. I'd have, you'd have to talk to the people I'm doing this with, but you know, I feel like I've fallen in the category where there's been the times where I've done some of that. But man, I have multiple stories of how well I've connected them with somebody and got them a lot of pain work. It wasn't direct for me, sure. but I did that because for me, I don't sit right with taking, taking, taking and not sure. doing something. Even if it's sure. an indirect, meaning I made a connection with this person where you make a bunch of money, sure. but maybe you did something for me. But most of the scenarios out there when they're coming to you with, the, I'm going to hook you up and blah, blah, right. blah. Right. They're takers and they're not going to ever give and they're going to take until you won't take, you'll be taken advantage of anymore. But the you seeking out, mm-hmm. most times, more times than none, because there are also scenarios like I think you're saying, like for me, they're ones I want to either be at, I want to do, I want the association, whatever it is. But there's really no cons as a collective whole to the ones I'm seeking because there's yes. also almost a law of reciprocation that takes place. It's yes. different from the one where they're taking again, right? That's still a taking behavior to be like, I, I don't have anything I'm going to take from you, but I'll give you. Right. They don't, they don't, <laughs> they don't tend to do that. It's more, wow, yeah. this guy gave to me. This is really awesome. Like, what could I do for him? Um, mm-hmm. I didn't expect this. And I've seen people instantly pay people. They're like, wow, I can't believe you did that. I didn't think it was going to turn out that good. We got to pay you for this. Right. So that kind of stuff happens. And then they make a connection or they want to pay you for future work. And a lot of people, though, are kind of a one-trick pony. So they don't sure. really know how to turn yeah. anything into any more than what it was because they don't know how to do more for a client. Sure. Um, and so if you can use it, my one buddy shifted the language actually from even free to a case study. Mm. He's just wanting to build a case study. And so he doesn't even associate. So there's that initial, like, even for the client, I want this to be a case study for you on the whole experience, everything else. And then if we want to go beyond that, and if you can always try to leverage the free to give maximum impact for minimal effort. So when I used to do a lot of free live conferences that led to pay work, there's some shifts I would have made now knowing what I know, but I initially was just doing on-site edits. So when I left that event, I was done. There was not, I left the event and now there's weeks or whatever amount of time or procrastination because special ones free and if you're a growth-minded person <laughs> you got other paid clients you don't want to go back to this thing that's now over with yeah, yeah. and, and want to edit it so i would always do on-site edits when i was done i was done um and then that way i can move on and and focus on other things that way if it's a three-day event it's three days it's not three days and another week or two and my mental space being taken up because i'm like now they're mad at me because <laughs> i haven't got them what i promised them mm-hmm. for free even um so anyways, um, so I'm going to shift perspective for, for a second here. Sure. What, um, what's on your mind that you would like to ask me or that you have questions about? You know, we've been bouncing around a little bit here. I, I just love the conversation in general. But is there, yeah. is there anything that you were thinking like, I'd love to know thoughts on this? Hmm. That's a good question. I know you asked me to prepare that <laughs> and I'm trying to think now, this is who I am. I'm very much in the moment person. Of course you are. Um, so I'm beginning to learn how to, to plan better. And I know you're, sounds like you've had a similar run through of this, of this, um, this, this game, this, 
this yeah, business. I'm, I'm not um, a great planner. I plan in the moment <laughs> as well. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, I feel like there's, there's definitely something to be said about that as far as even planning the seed of like, okay, I'm here now and I want to be here. Like yeah, this mindset, sure. right? Yeah, um, yeah, that, that's true for sure. That, that comes, aspect of planning or like, yeah more goals or vision of the future. Like that was me in 2011. I knew that I didn't really want to do weddings forever. And I shot my last wedding in 2014. Now, could that happen sooner? Could I, whatever, you know, mm-hmm. but that was a vision. I'm like, I, I don't think I'm going to do weddings forever. And so I started working towards that and then was able to make the shift. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's some planning, but that's different than like, the reason you like live events is probably the same reason I like live events because it's, there's not a lot of planning, right? There's not this like, I got a pre-production and scripting and da, 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 da. You get to show up live in the moment, capture what's there. There's a high energy. I'm sure people come up to you, like they come up to me and go, man, you you just got this infectious energy or your (laughs) smile or man, I just, you really love what you do. And it's because we're running around, we're in our element, right? We're in our sweet spot. And then you get to connect and have those conversations with people. But when you're like sitting in front of a computer trying to write a script up or, you know, uh, all the editing, you're not in that zone. You're not in that flow. That's why for mm-hmm. you, I mean, people joked with me, Michael's making money when his mouth is moving. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm sitting in front of a computer, I start to drain. I do not get, I get energized by going on a bike ride, not by sitting in front of the computer doing sure. you know, what seemingly to others is something for me, it feels like nothing. And it feels like a waste of time mm-hmm. because what I, what I can get done in my zone in 30 minutes when I'm not in my zone, somebody who's in their zone in that thing mm-hmm. take 30 minutes will take me three days Yeah, because I'm not ever really in it. I try to procrastinate and I put it off to what the last minute sure. and, 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 and that's not a healthy thing. And the more, I mean, I'm designing my business now where really and truly the only thing I have to do is talk. Mm. Like we get off these calls, these things go into a Dropbox folder and other people take it and I don't have to mess with it again because Got I had it. 16 episodes of the podcast recorded with not a lick done to it until I was like, oh, same, rinse and repeat, Michael, same thing again. It's <laughs> never going to get done. You're going to record 80 of these things and you'll never yeah. go back and mess with it until yeah. I, I stood in my power and said, you know what? I got to ask for help. Yeah. Had a few friends who wanted to help me yeah. and I just, I let them help me. And, and, and that's one of those scenarios where there's not a lot of pay right now. I'm doing what I can help and support the crap out of them. But you know, there wouldn't be anything released every week more than likely consistently. Sure. If I didn't have the support. And so I've sure. recognized my weaknesses through the years where um, there's certain things and we can keep saying it. We can keep saying certain things are going to change. <laughs> Some things are probably never going to change, Sure. <laughs> you, you know, and other things can, but there's a lot when it's like, I talk about that fish climbing a tree. There's some areas that, you know, we're, we're a fish. We can't climb yeah. trees, you know, yeah. get in the water and we'll, and we'll flourish. And so what are those areas, you know, for you and anybody listening, sure. where it's like, what are those areas where, yeah, you're breathing above water, you know, you're getting by and you're struggling. But, you know, if you just got back in the water or you realize you are a monkey, and you can climb trees and you're not trying to stay underwater, but then you'll thrive. And, and, and we think we'll keep more money when we, Oops, we good? Uh, we'll keep more money when we do it all. But in fact, you hear me, right? I hear you. Hang on a second. Yeah, I made a note for the editor. There's an exact example. I made a little note. If you, if you need to try to switch and, and log into a different thing, 
Um, I can, but let, let's just roll in, until it's done, and then yeah, I, I can come on. Because we've probably got maybe 20, 30 minutes, so we'll see, we'll see how long it goes. If it yeah. dies, I'll sit on here. Probably won't last ready. that long, but the yeah. other computer's ready to rock, too. So Okay, cool. Okay. Um, so anyways, yeah, but that's a, that's a really important thing, to just be able to, to start to own into those, those, you know, what's your sweet spot? Where do you get in the zone? Where do you procrastinate? Um, you know, when you get that and own that and start to really own it yeah. and stop trying to become great at things that if you didn't have to, cause sometimes it's money. Yeah. Well, I don't have the money to do this. I get that. But there's things that I always try to keep coming back to. If I didn't have to, would I do it anyways? And I mm. find the things that I would do that I might not be good at that I want to do genuinely. Nobody else is telling me to do it. I don't feel forced to do it. I genuinely am not good at this right now. And I genuinely want to get better at it. Mm. I get better at it. Areas where, well, yeah, if, if money wasn't an object or whatever, 100% I'd have an editor. 100% I'd have, like what areas would be the right. things that I would do? And I got to really question, well, how do I work toward, you said the vision, the goal, the planning. How do I work towards that as fast as possible? How do I collab like I through the years one of my things when I didn't have as much money is because I was always almost bringing people up you know I had people who weren't good at all they weren't like I'm a highly skilled editor that needs eighty thousand dollars a year and you know you're gonna pay me two thousand dollars a project you're like man I only get (laughs) fifteen hundred you know and so it was people that I was able to bring up and then they edited honestly just like I would edit but then now it fit within the budget because their needs weren't so high that it didn't correlate to what I was able to afford based on what I was getting paid. Um, And so that's, that's a thing that can be done from time to time. You know, there's a bazillion people in full-time filmmaker even that are starting out that honestly, some of these people are really talented and their needs are really low. Like they'd be happy. They'd be able to quit their, right. You see that all the time. You don't know where people are sitting. They can quit (laughs) their job because they only need a thousand dollars a month to pay all their bills. Now some are different, but there's definitely many young younger people that I've run into whose needs are between like $1,800 and $2,000 a month to take care of everything. That doesn't mean they shouldn't thrive, you know, or, uh, uh, yearn or you know, have ambitions to do more than that. But the bottom line is their needs are not high. So they don't need, if you, if you were able to pay them $400 a project, you know, and you gave them four projects in a month, they're paying their bills. They don't need, they don't be like, I need $5,000 a month. So if it took a whole month to do this guy's four projects, I'm short by three or $4,000. They're able to be like, wow, this is great. I'm getting paid to do what I love. And so that's something to consider. I mean, I would definitely, if that, depending on how many projects, because now how much are you doing freelance versus like taking on a whole thing that you've got to edit and do everything? Are you just being a camera guy on some where you show up and shoot and that's it? Or I would say majority of my work like majority of my money comes from being a contractor. So I work with, and this is how I've kind of my pathway to success as a, you know, a a camera operator has been through showing up and working for other people who have established businesses. So it's, it's actually a pretty short like timeframe really. Um, It was last spring. Um, You know, I'd done some projects on my own, you know, small budget stuff or free stuff mostly just to learn and get, you know, used to learning premiere and shooting and, you know, all that. Um, and I started doing real estate. So I started out doing a BTS for free, um, through a connection, um, knowing that if I did well, this probably could turn into, you know, paid work yeah. regularly. Cause I knew they needed more shooters. Um, 
and that's exactly what happened. You know, I, you know, I showed up with my glide cam and my, you know, uh, Canon 5d and shot and this amazing stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's beautiful. It's still some of my favorite, like, you know, footage. And then since then I've, you know, bought a drone and I got a GH five and I got, um, lights and labs and you know, all the things that go along with it. Um, Ronan S recently. And, and now I'm getting paid regularly to do work with him at a rate that hasn't really changed. And it's not a lot of money, but it's at the time it was. Right. Um, but even through that one free job I did, um, I worked with a camera operator who, who comes in occasionally as well to work with the team. And he's now hiring me to work on projects for his production company okay. um, at much, you know, at rates that I would put out to anybody, day rates that are, you know, basically let, allow me to pay my bills for the year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, regularly, he pays up front. He's giving me more and more work. There's conversations of future forward. Um, and that's exciting and awesome. But it all stemmed from this one day of, Absolutely. you know, more or less free video work. Yeah, for sure. What's the, what's the challenges then right now? I mean, where are you? Um, I mean, I, th I think the challenges are getting like getting clear of like, cause I can make that much money, you know, say I make $7,800 in a day versus like, I'll take on jobs the next day locally where I'm making, you know, $250 a day. Mm -hmm. And so in my mind, I'm thinking, well, I'd really love to be doing <laughs> more of the $700 jobs versus the $200 jobs because is that actually moving me forward right well, right well the big picture so, whether they're moving you forward or not there's also the aspect you're putting in as much or more effort on a 250 as you might be a 700 sure, or 800 sure sure so and 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 some of those it's like i might be getting paid more to be just the operator and less to do everything so <laughs> <laughs> that's where you kind of like start thinking in your head like as it repeats itself over and over it's like is this is that the direction you want to go um and I think it's just my natural progression of in, in the business. In a perfect world, if you could just, um, I mean, I don't know what your needs are financially, but um, if, if you didn't have to worry about anything but going to people's projects and shooting, mm -hmm. showing up and shooting, yeah. and you were getting anywhere from 750 to $1,200 a day to do that, yeah. um, and that was what every project was, yeah. how does that feel for you? feels great right now. <laughs> right. Well, that's yeah. interesting thing too. Yeah. I think that what we forget is yeah. our targets always move. And 100%. so we, have, we, we always achieve our goals, but we don't realize we achieved them because by the time we achieve them, it's not good enough, but we've got a different one and we've got a different ambition. Sure. And a different well, and we're always evolving and growing in our yeah. skill sets and our, you know, what we're into right now, you know, what our challenges are in creating films, whether that's learning lighting or learning audio or, you know, interviewing wherever you're going you're always going to get to a point where you're like okay i got that what's next yeah and maybe well, the really contrast right it's your whole thing though the the contrast of i don't know what i don't know so once you start to experience certain things yes. you can't remove the experience now you're like oh wow yeah and depending on what events you're shooting you got to be really careful there because people suck you into their business models yeah. and all these <laughs> other things and you're like oh my god i could get yeah. rich doing this and doing that yeah, and the shiny yeah, yeah. objects take place which is crippling. yeah yeah. Um, so for me, I think it's, it's, it's just about moving the needle forward continually and, and trusting the process. Um, I'm not upset that I'm, you know, not making millions of dollars, but I'm also very grateful that I'm like able to pay myself fully with, you know, the skills and, and the yeah, gear that I have. Yeah. Now it's a question of how do I level that up and also run 
run it more like a business, not just a, you know, I was talking with somebody the other day about cameras and renting and things like that. And, and uh, like, yeah, I own this stuff because this is my university. Like I need these tools every day to practice and learn. Whereas I know other camera operators and that I worked with recently who are renting their gear every day and the client's paying for it. Um, and I don't have any problems with renting a red camera. I don't think I need to own one, but yeah. I do need like a set of, you know, I just went, I just did a whole tools. thing about the red camera thing. <laughs> yeah, I, won't, yeah. I won't go off on that tangent. That yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, like it's, it's the operator, not the, not the tool. Right. But some tools you need to get, yeah, depending on done. the client, right? Like some clients for sure, but there's so many times I've seen people who get even, I, I, I was on a plane once with a guy that had a million dollar budget. By the time everything was done, they had $10,000 left over. It's crazy. It is crazy. And that's why you see people who are involved in things that are making decent money and they still have no money yes. because they do spend enormous amounts of money because they're more fascinated about, oh, this is great. I get to have this $50,000 camera I may not be able to own. So it cost me $5,000 to rent on this project. I got paid 7,000. When in <laughs> fact, there's the potential that they could have owned a camera that they could have then more or less kept the $7,000 and achieved the exact same goal. But their internal self-esteem, self-worth, self-confidence sure. isn't there. So it builds them up or they do just truly want to play with these things and that's fine. But it's fine if you recognize that, then don't complain because you have no money because there's, <laughs> there's ways to achieve it. Right. But an interesting thing here that um, until you'd probably evolve, how, how does, I mean, what's the responsibility? You're, there's, a, there's this power line on the assessment that, mm -hmm. you know, everybody's is different. So yours is, it's one of your lowest lines. And the power, meaning you don't necessarily yearn for the control. Like lots of responsibility, mm. you having to take on everything doesn't necessarily feel per se great. You actually might dream about it a little bit, but it doesn't feel good at all. Does that sound right or no? I think so in a sense of, you know, wanting to be, to me, confidence and in, in control as being like, um, it comes with experience. And so I know there's certain areas where like, I know I want to get this shot and I know how to get it. And I'm going to get it, whether that's, you know, I might have to direct somebody in the moment, you know, at right. an event, for example. Sure. Um, and I feel like there's moments and things that I'm good at, but there's also things I understand in the big picture that I'm not well but there's not in. the aspect that you don't need to be large and in charge. I own the company. I own the people. I've got all these people. I tell them what to do and I am in total control and I do not want to relinquish control to anyone. Sure. That, that aspect doesn't. No, that does. That would be low on the totem for me. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I definitely see it as a collaborative um, process. Yeah. And at the same, in the same breath, I, I don't love when I feel totally disempowered either. Sure. Of so course. if I'm in a situation where, or a job where I am, um, yeah, I just don't feel like I have a voice or, you know, authority at all, yeah. then it just, you know, I, that feels like a cog in the machine. So it's not, you know, there has to be some creative kind of control and elements that I can contribute regularly, but it's like, yeah. that's a role versus like, I'm the overseer of everything. Exactly. Right. I don't need, so that. I don't need that. Yeah. So there's a big difference there. That's why you leaning more and more into just, well, then how do you find the opportunities? Because that's where people forget. Like there's been times where I mean, I've spent over a hundred thousand dollars in a year paying people to allow me to have more freedom or do other things or not do the things I'm not good at, which then brings me back to the same amount of money that someone might make not having to pay anybody. And so, 
And at times I question, well, is all the responsibility of managing some of this stuff, is that stuff I even enjoy? You know, and, and so I have, you have to ask those questions. So that's where like people sometimes think, well, I got to be the entrepreneur. I got to own the business. I got to sell the jobs. I got to do the whole thing. But when you can lean into, you know what, in a perfect world, if I can just shoot all the time, I mean, you could line up a situation where, yeah, you're making really decent money because you're a powerhouse in that sweet spot. People got to have you. And when they have you, they know it's done right. And they know it's done excellent. And as a byproduct, they'll pay a premium to have you come in. Like I'll definitely pay premiums for people that I can just trust versus like when I send people out to shoots I'm not at, I mean, I have got to trust them because, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not just in the quality of work and where you're going to be able to shine because you're wired more in that friendly extroversion type of way. Not that introverts yeah. aren't friendly, sure. but there's, there's, there's a mask that they have to put on a lot more when they go out and they interact and they do things. Some are better at others at being a chameleon, whereas we're going to be more naturally inclined to automatically be at the shoot and be smiling and interacting because we're energized by that, whereas they're de-energized. That doesn't mean that we don't need... I'm successful and I can, I can laugh at the things that happen when they, you know, go, ahead. go wrong. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and you just keep rolling with the punches and you keep moving forward. That's the only reason I'm still here um, is, you know, in this world is I've continued to believe in the process and have humility and, you know, and also continue to deliver great products. Right. So, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's a, you know, that, well, that's, that's what I was saying. There's the people that I have. That's exactly what it was. Actually, it was about the technology and it was about people. And that I know people right now that I could hire who are potentially better shooters than people I have and more technically sound Mm -hmm. that I would not use because from a personality standpoint, they're not there at all. Um, When we're connecting with the client, how they treat people, there's a whole slew of things that are more important to me than just your ability to shoot. Um, And that is something that, you know, in the moment, how do you deal with a client? Do you, I was with a, a big player one time and we were shooting this event. He's going to speak to 25,000 people. We like three of us got hired in. It's just contractors to just do camera work. Guy just bought a 5D Mark IV, had it on a tripod backstage. We went and did something, came back, crashed. The lens almost cracked off the LCD. And I mean, imagine I'm cringing too. I mean, I'm not, no, no, nobody's going to not be happy in that situation, but I had to realize we got to calm down right now. You cannot say a word to him. If you want to say words afterwards, that is what it is. But in the moment right before he's about to go on stage, we got to keep our composure. If it works, if a camera works great, if it doesn't, I mean, I had backup stuff, you know, but it's like, we have got to move forward because in this moment, it can't be frantic. Oh my gosh, man, somebody broke my camera. Who, who's going to do, you know, he, all these emotions running through him that is not good for the client, especially when he's about to walk on a stage to 25,000 people. Right. And so knowing that I have people who have that composure, I mean, one guy I have, I mean, I feel like I have it to a degree, but he's, he's like a Zen Jedi, you know, monk. Like, he almost never gets stressed. We went to a trip. We had a shoot with Disney and I left the freaking, uh, some camera bags and things in this cause we were going in different rentals and we put stuff in different ones. And then we didn't take the one and the stuff got left in that rental car at the place. And we end up at the hotel and I'm like going crazy. I'm like, Oh my God. And we, you know, of course there's, 
there's no numbers to get a hold of anybody at the place. So we just have to drive back. It's like an hour. Right. And he's just calm the whole time, you know, no problem, you know, and, and I'm flipping out, but you know, so, um, it's interesting, but, uh, but yeah, that's really important. I mean, your personality, your ability sure. to have that charisma, be friendly, take care of people, do it with a smile. You know, it's Danny, Danny Meyer of Shake Shack, you know, they're like service with a smile. It's like, you're actually paying for the smile, not the burger. The burger's the bonus, sure. you know, is what he says. And, and I believe that I think in this future economy, it is your behavior, your personality, your ability to connect and all these kind of soft skills per se that quite frankly, especially in the video niche right now, at least when I'm hearing even people say like, there's not very many people, this is the stuff I'm talking about. And there's that even resistance a little bit because in this space, it's really either it's tactics or it's technical. So mm -hmm. am I running Facebook ads? Am I in a bridal show? Am I in a magazine? Am I, what am I doing that's tactical to get business? Am I going to networking meetings, whatever? Or what cameras do I own? What do I buy? How do I edit? How do I, what LUT do I use? And those are the two avenues being hardcore jammed down people's throats. But there's plenty of super, this is the, I think, true definition of the, the starving artist, right? There's right. too many people who are really, really, really skilled and have all the best equipment aren't making much money. Right. And that's not because they're not technically savvy or they haven't taken every course or have every degree or have every certification that there is as well that should point to, I'm great at this and I should be able to get paid, but they're not. Like you can take full-time filmmaker. Everybody's has access to the same course, the same information, go to, you know, you know, all these things, the same stuff's accessible. I remember Warren Buffett saying, everybody's reading the same things I'm reading. I'm not read. I don't have special access to things. He just has a special understanding of those things and how to interpret it, how to have the patience. You know, there, there's these, these, these elements that aren't taught, taught enough, enough that are so important. You lose me? No, I just started to have an echo for the first time. Um, I think it's good now. Um, you know, those are, those are the things that are really important, you know, and so it, you have those, a lot of those things in spades just from the short time that we're interacting here on this call, you know? Yeah. Um, and that's why, you know, just keep coming back to, well, what are those little areas and how do you, you know, like you said, you're just kind of pulling the levers. You, you got your big block of concrete. You're just kind of chiseling away at it. Sure. And I think we'll always be chiseling away. Right. Um, but the more clear we are, the more confident we are about the direction, the more you can strip away the things that are, wasting time because to do the weddings i mean uh or not do the weddings i had to start saying no to some weddings right. i had to start doing other like there was there was sacrifice in that transitional time and mm -hmm. that's the most uncomfortable thing for people to sit with because there will always be an endless supply of the things you don't want to do there will always be another one it's like oh well here it is again do right. i do this you know well, and it's hard to say no to the sure thing you know, especially if you're feeding yourself only, it's not like you got a standardized paycheck coming in every month. It's I like, get it. I'm the only person I'm in control of my own destiny, which is powerful. And also, you know, keeping shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. the big picture, right. Yeah. And that's, well, I, really, that's I really like how you talk about, you know, it, when it all comes down to the relationships, right? So that's, those are our clients is the people that are, yeah. It's, it's not, they're buying the video, but they're buying, you know, you yep. or me as, you know, the personality of the person that's going to shine, you know, help them shine the most in the moment, you know, some yeah. of those moment ease yes. also deliver, you know, something beautiful. But, you know, like 
we all know in this day and age, video is huge and there's a lot of people that are doing it too. Yeah. So it's not, they're not just buying you on the technical, they're buying you on, you know, that experience that you, you alone. When you, when you own that, that's when I think that there's also a competitive edge. When you yeah. really, cause I mean, for years I actually deflected it, didn't own it. People would, I look back now and there's like, oh, people were saying these things to me, but I would always, because it's so natural for me to be whatever, I mean, people, you meet me in person, you talk to me on the phone, offline, online, whatever it is, recording, not recording. I'm similar. I know I have bad days. I have off days. I have these things. But in the big picture, what you see now, people yeah. joke with my wife, if I'm holding an event or something, like, is he always like this? He's like, a lot of the time, <laughs> a lot of the time. But, you know, I'm, I'm the same. So I'm not putting on a, a show for people, but I didn't, I didn't understand it because I thought, well, you want the video that I'm making. Yeah. You don't want yeah. me. Like, what, what do I, I mean, I'm just being myself. I'm not, and I'd hear, you're a breath of fresh air. And I'm thinking, Really? I mean, how much toxic air are you taking? Like, you know, right? But but because it's so easy for us, we're not. We don't have to work to be nice, right? You know. But yet, there are people they're working with who are either so pretentious or got attitudes, or you know, the nickel and diming for everything. And I mean, I remember used to doing some camera work where you know the audio guy he owned. It's one thing if you truly don't own something and you would have to rent it if they didn't tell you about it. But I knew people who owned all these different things, but they're like, oh, you you know you're paying $500 day rate for my body to show up. It's not actually my day rate. My day rate is going to end up being 800, 1,000, 1,500, 2,000, depending on what you need me to bring. So you want me to bring my camera? Oh, it's already $600 now. You want me to bring two microphones? Now we're at $800. And I found that there were shoots that I did where I'm saving the day because I just had everything with me that I more or less had. And so there was times where like the audio guy on a shoot who's dedicated to the audio, I'm not even supposed to mess with audio, couldn't come through because, oh, well, they didn't pay him for that microphone to come with him. And so I'm like, well, I got it. And I would save the day, you know, and, and I've, I've always kind of lived by that. Do your best on everything. If you, you know, whatever you're capable of today, too many people are like, I only got $200 for this. So I did what in my mind is the equivalent of the $200. But it's like, if you want 2000, if you have the competence and capability, then do it. Sure. Don't, don't, don't dumb yourself down because somebody else dumbed yourself, you know, dumbed you down or didn't see the value or didn't want to quote unquote pay for it. I just always want to create what people would want to pay me for. If you're putting work out or doing work you don't want to do, it's no coincidence that somebody says, Hey, you did a good job, but you do that for me. And then you're like, here we go again. And then it's this vicious cycle of like, how do I get out of the things that I'm not as excited about to do more of the things I'm excited about? Mm. That makes sense. Yeah, for sure. For sure. So, <laughs> what thoughts or questions you have, my man? Any other? Oh, man. Well, I, I mean, I don't really have any other questions at the moment. I'm sure this isn't the first and only time we'll be yeah. chatting in this capacity. Um, how, but, how long away is uh, in, in Zanita's from San Diego? Uh, it's a half an hour north of downtown. I'm gonna yeah. have to connect you with my man Eric Magana. I don't know if you. No, I, I, we're friends on Facebook, but I don't. I don't think I've ever actually met him. But um, I know he's in the area. You gotta meet him. I mean, uh, he's shooting a lot of entrepreneurial events, yeah, conferences. Yeah. Always yeah. looking for a good, solid second shooter. Great person, great personality like you. Sure. So, um, be a great person to connect you with. And he's awesome. he's the guy who's the angel monk, the Jedi yeah, master. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I, I know we've we've you know, commented on a few of the same threads and, and uh, I see him pop up all the time on my, 
on my feeds and whatnot. So I know he's around. Um, but it's only a matter of time before we actually get connected. Well, I'll make that happen today. Uh, but yeah, I, I didn't work with, <laughs> you know, I didn't speak to it much, but I do work with a lot of like health and wellness. Okay. Um, you know, personalities and speakers and things like that. People are running events, whether they're masterminds or um, I'm starting to get work with doctors, you know, yeah. so ironically, even though I left that, you know, kind of full circle back to yeah. my origins in, in thinking medicine was a place that I wanted to go. And, and really what that speaks to is I like to help people. Yeah. Um, but I found that me sticking needles and prescribing pills wasn't the way I was going to help people. Sure. And so now with my camera, I'm actually able to work for people who help people that do that and be their kind of like conduit to, you know, the masses. Right. And so I see a lot of power and beauty in that and, and, and value in that as well. I mean, people, well, there, there's also there. So there's the, there's the, um, the key right here that I was asking about earlier, because there's nothing more powerful than when you can speak and understand and you know, speak the language of who you're working with. hundred percent. So powerful. Yeah. You know? And that's, and that comes back to like, what are your interests? Like, who are you? Um, you know, I try and, circle back all the time to like, who am I? What am I doing? Why am I doing this? Sure. Yeah, I can make a great image. I can make yeah. anything look good. But what do I really want to, you know, what are the things that actually connect with like the heart, soul space of, of me? Yep. Those are the ones that are going to be the ones I'm going to do over and over and, and do well and probably end up making the most money on because I'm confident and you said speak the language and the client is at ease because they know, oh, he's into it and he's really good. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's the breath of fresh air part as well, right? Yeah. Like the person who falls into it because somebody said, oh, this guy does great video, but doesn't give a crap about right. like, they'd rather not be there. Yeah, and yeah. I see that a lot. I, that, I see it the most in weddings at times where it's like, oh, weddings are the easiest thing to do. They're the easiest thing to make money in. You know, that's what people told me I needed to do. It's right. It's the whole, your right. doctor thing. It's like, I want to be in video. So naturally, I guess weddings are the way to get going. Now, that's not a lie, actually, but yeah. it's a lie for the person who literally with every bone in their body doesn't want to do a wedding and they're right. doing it against their will, but doing it because others influence them. Those are people who are sitting here, they're like three, four years in and they're not doing very well in weddings because they're attempting to do that. They don't want to do it. And the body language, the vibe they give off, they don't literally speak the words, don't hire me, but everything about their being says, do not hire me. And that's why you'll get some people sometimes sure. when they have no contrast of dealing with anybody else, they might book you for sure. But all it takes is the contrast of dealing with a super passionate videographer who loves doing weddings. And then I also talked to a guy who doesn't give a crap. Like unless the prices are way off, you're going to book the person who's super enthusiastic and passionate about it, not the person who has a sour attitude. It's like, what do you want? How many, you know, how many hours you need? What package you want? <laughs> You know, yeah. it's like, I didn't, half the time I had these hour long conversations at the end. They're like, this is great. So like, I mean, what, what, what do you offer? Like, how do we pay you? Like, what is the package? You know, cause I, I didn't tell them about anything that was actually the like technical deliverables of the day. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and yet I was getting jobs when everybody else who were my peers were like, well, how, how do you get people to pay you just for a same day edit? Like you got to have the, the feature film video they called it that was like the 25 minute video and i'm like they're not asking me all the peers know peer to peer like in all these facebook groups there's so much judgment going on positive or negative but it's like those people don't pay your bills right. the clients pay your bills and the clients don't have 99 percent of them out there don't have an iota of knowledge 
about all this technical that we know. And so what we see or think or whatever is so different from the clients versus when we're in peer to peer uh, areas. So, you know, your, your doctors and stuff, they don't, uh, <laughs> I mean, people are actually, I'll, I'll kind of close a little bit on this, but like some people are definitely starting to play with some of the little, like they're just getting excited about some of the gear and how easy it is, some little drones and stuff. Yeah. They're just doing it for fun. I mean, I, I you know, they're not, uh, they're not replacing the videographers right now. I mean, I've well, been at clients where, you know, they have, have better gear than I do and they're sure. still, I'm doing the work. And I think there, there, I think there's some clients that will take that on and actually do, you know, so for a doctor that I'm, I'm editing videos for right now, he's shooting everything his, himself in his office yeah. on either, you know, a little point and shoot type camera or on his computer. And then I get the videos in, uh -oh. in did I hear right? In atrocious qualities. Um, but I have to make something make, you know, work with it. And I'm you know, capable enough to make something that I would look at as a file and be like, Oh my God, what am I going to do with that? And yeah, it may, it's not 1080. It's not 4k. It's not lit properly, but I'm able to make it look as good as possible. Yeah. I'm super stoked. And then I have the ability to say, Hey, well, why don't we do, um, you know, why don't I fly up to you guys for a day? And, and this is yet to be kind of discussed, but it, it was teased at one point. Why don't you guys hire me to come consult you for a day? And, you know, we can get you set up with gear and things like that so that I can make you look better and your job's just as easy, you know, so. Um, and that's a great little gig. And then that's where you really need to see. The, so those are one of those scenarios where sometimes we're doing things for relationships or bigger picture, but we got to figure out that sounds like a scenario that's probably in the big, in the, well, in the small mic micro of it, yeah. like is not something you should take on, right? Taking on some random footage and then editing it when the whole conversations have been against, you know, the fact know, that you prefer to shoot, hard, right? Yeah. So, uh, and there's lessons to be learned in, in the, um, uh, in all of this, but yeah, in the, the editing itself, I still, I'm good at it. I enjoy it time to time but like you asked if I could choose one or the other it would always be camera operator so you know that's kind of the direction but that's where if we just get into sheer uh, income you know there's yeah. there's different things I'm never trying to get people who like from time to time and from you know I like like one guy I did conversation with coaching with for years ago he's like there's six Ryan's there's BMX Ryan there's builder <laughs> Ryan there's you know and he's giving me all the you know alter egos of him you know but he really boils down and, and most of them, it's like, yeah, he, he wouldn't want to chop them out entirely. He doesn't want to cut out BMX, Ryan, but he, there's right. not enough passion or love or longevity or money in having any mental bandwidth being spent on BMX, Ryan, as more than something he does for fun here and there. Sure. And so editing, it's like if there's a little personal or passion project where you're doing something and you just want to, you shot it, you come back and you just want to throw it in the computer and start messing with it and do something quick. Yeah. Well, yeah, rock it out. But when we're taking on like random projects for 500 bucks or 800 bucks or something that you're like, yeah, if I didn't need to do this, I for sure the hell wouldn't do it. Those sure. are the ones we need to watch because again, that's the Achilles heel of the creative is that like one buddy of mine, he can't edit. He's never chosen to learn to edit. He loves being involved in the editing, but he, if there's 30 hours of editing to be spent, he's spending sure. 28 of them that or excuse me, the other guy, the editor spending all 30 and he's involved for two hours on it. 
And so he still gets to have that involvement. He still gets to guide it a little bit and do that, but he's not pushing all the buttons. And that allows him to stay out in relationship management, client management, you know, connections, meeting. And he still likes to shoot. So on the shoots, there's always an A camera main person shooting. And he'll run around with the camera from time to time. But in the big picture, 95, 5, 95% of the time is in client management, connections, sure. meeting, all that. And then the small percentage is in shooting a little bit and then being involved in the editing. Whereas for me, when I got people I trust, I give them the footage. I get an edit back. I send it to the client. I'm done. I have zero involvement in what our biggest, most, my favorite edit we've ever done for Tony Robbins or almost any edit we've ever done. This one Tony Robbins edit, I had zero involvement in it in any way, shape or form. I never saw it till I saw it. I remember explicitly driving back from Nashville, Tennessee with my family and I got the edit and I was in shock and watched it probably the rest of the way home. Cause I'm like, we only shot that with like two people and how did we do that and like I was blown away at what they pulled off but I had no involvement in sitting through the 60 hours of footage that they had to put this two-minute video together um and 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 I quite frankly would have it no other way because I just I'm not I don't overall have any enthusiasm except for in the moment right the edits are what I got excited about because there was a drive there was an instant reaction that I get versus afterwards I'm like I might get an email that says thanks and that doesn't do much for me, <laughs> you know? So anyways, but cool, man. Well, uh, as you said, I think this will be, uh, just the beginning. And I think you downloaded, you downloaded Voxer, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm really enjoying that. It's been, it's been cool to, uh, listen, I don't know if we're supposed to be interacting or just kind of. Yeah. I mean, I a subtle pitch. I'll leave this going, but yeah, I mean, basically, I mean, there's, there's a trial I do for the 30 days. So, I mean, ultimately, you know, we can talk off camera and whatever else, but, um, you know, you can send me messages any day, like Monday through Friday, like as things are happening, as you're getting a potential opportunity, you know, send over a question, ask cool. me that. I mean, that's, I'm pricing something. I'm, here's what the, here's what's going on with the project. I'm thinking about charging 700 for this. I mean, I helped one of the first, uh, when I first started this in January, I had a guy come in and one of the first projects the first week, he happened to have an opportunity that he was going to bid 48, 50, or 52,000 on this particular big project that was going to last months. Wow. And in digging into it, I was able to recognize he had the right relationship with the people that he was able to connect and give a price that if there was any pushback, he wouldn't lose it. Because sometimes we get emails, we send a price, and then they never respond to us. And right. so there's no ability to kind of negotiate. So everything he told me about the project, I'm like, man, I bet you could get 70 plus thousand for this. Yeah, and he ended up. I think he got. I can't remember ex exactly, but it was sixty-two to sixty-eight thousand dollars. When they told him the seventy, they're like, "No, that's too much." They went back and forth, and he still got more than plus thousand more than he was going to get. And I had one other buddy. He hadn't charged them yet. It was really a weird thing. He showed me this video, and um, he told me some weird things about the client. His friend worked there, and I said, "What'd you charge for this?" He goes, "Well, I was going to charge him ten. I said, well, you just said that your buddy said they did some web work and they paid $40,000 for some random changes. I'm like, the video you did here, I guarantee you my, uh, this agency friend of mine, their company would charge probably 25 to 40 grand for this video. I said, try 15,000. If you don't get it, you'll be able to get your 10, but you're not going to be able to go much more than that because you already kind of backed yourself into a corner from things you told me you've already said. And uh, lo and behold, 30 days later, he, uh, he got wow. the, 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 the 15,000 for it when he was only going to get 10. Oh, 
And um, so those kind of things, because everything's context and kind of perspective on a situation. Yeah. So when I see people in groups going, what do you think I should charge on this? And they have one sentence they tell you about the project. It's like, yeah. there's not enough information for anybody to give a definitive answer of what somebody should charge for that. Because um, the context, the situation, the relationship um, that you have with the client, um, and, and so many other variables that go into place that could allow you to get 15,000 for a project or not only get 1500. And so when people barking out all these random things to people, um, right. I think it adds more confusion because they don't have any information about the client and you want to get people on the phone. You want to interact. If you're just doing sales, just through email, yeah. you're probably losing more than you're winning. Yeah. Um, so, well, yeah. Achilles heel at the moment as well as the business mm -hmm. um, is learning, you know, what, what is the value? What is, what is yeah. somebody willing to pay for? You know, um, am I, am I worth $500 a day? Am I worth $1,500 a day? You know, I, I don't understand that side of the business so much yet. Well, I'm the problem is you're worth at times what somebody's willing to pay you while simultaneously you're worth what you believe in sure. yourself as well. And so, some people you just have so low confidence about it that you don't charge as much. And I've seen my correlation in money not change from any externals, literally an internal shift. And I, I can be honest, even in what I'm doing right now with coaching, I keep having those more shifts because for me, I used to have a product you could point at. Here's a video. Right. Okay, you want me to do that for you. Yeah. Now it's like I can point at Colin. Let's say you have some big shifts in the next five. I can point at you, but like I'm looking, I'm looking at Colin. Looks like a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I want, I want Colin. Like there's, it's a different thing that's happening when it's more invisible, the, the shifts that people are making, the thought process, the confidence. But yeah, I mean, we're calling that coach in your pocket right now. And so, you know, send me, send me messages and oh, anybody interested, send me messages. But yeah, man, I'd, I'd love to, uh, to rock that out and then uh, yeah. we'll go from there. So well, I appreciate what you're doing. And um, it's, it's always a welcome when you pop into my Facebook feed as a, doing a live or whatever. And, a lot of times I can't chime in, but sometimes I can. And, uh, you know, here we are. So cool. uh, I look forward to connecting with you more. Yeah. Man. There you have it. Another episode of Jumpstart Sessions. And I hope you enjoyed that episode. So if you yourself would like to be coached on a future episode of Jumpstart Sessions, just head on over to jumpstartsessions.net and click get coached on the podcast. Again, as of the recording of this episode, they are free as long as they can be used as a podcast episode. I would really love to help you gain a greater level of clarity, confidence, and connection in your life and alignment in your business so that you can move faster and make things happen without so much resistance. So I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Have an amazing rest of your day and keep rocking and rolling. Take care.